This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. One of the signs that the job market is improving is the number of people looking to switch companies or even careers. And it's something that a few more people are doing right now, some of them even doing so, without that proverbial backup plan. Tess Viglin writes about those people in her new book, Leap Without a Net, and she joins us on the phone to discuss the book. Hello, Tess. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. And and I should say, and I mentioned it earlier, that you kind of put yourself in this category. I do, indeed. Yes, I had a 22-year career in public radio, and then three years ago, I up and left it. Why Why so? Oh, you know, there was a mix of factors. Um, I had, you know, there were some issues in my workplace that I that were frustrating me. Yeah. Uh, I had been covering business and economics, as you can relate to, yeah. for uh, for more than a decade, and six of those in personal finance. And I, 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 I'm sure this hasn't happened to you, but I got kind of sick of the topic, the subject matter, sure. <laughs> and I just wanted to see kind of, you know, what else might be out there for me. So I decided mm. that. I couldn't do that by staying in the job and trying to 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 look around while I was in that job. So I, as I say, I took a leap. Talking about personal finance in a time where you're coming out of a recession and right. everybody in the world has jumped on the boat of what it means to have you know a strong personal finance portfolio these days. Yes, and of course it's very important. It, it uh, you know it's it's one of the most important things that, that yep. you certainly should do before you, uh, if you're thinking about taking a leap. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I was there through the whole financial crisis from, you know, basically late 2007 onward and had a front row seat uh, to the, the pain, the angst, the anguish. And it certainly taught me that personal finance and, and figuring out how to manage your money is really, really, really important. So you decided to make that shift, and, and you write about that process of, uh, of, of typing out that letter and, and, and you know, sending the email to your boss's bosses and, and, and giving him the letter in the, in the envelope. What was that kind of that, that last two weeks like? Because, I mean, I've, I've switched jobs, but yeah. I haven't switched jobs where I've had to make that leap of faith. And, and I've, I've been fired from jobs, you know. My former employer, the Wall Street Journal, you know, basically they shut down their operation. Right. You know, so it it uh, in in the radio division. So it's you know it's something that that really few people really understand what that process is like going through. And I think, and I I truly believe there are similarities. You know, I mean, obviously there are fact, other factors that come in when you are pushed yeah. rather than leaping from your job uh, because you you cannot prepare for it really at all. Although I think everyone should really have in mind that no job is permanent. You, you, you know, th- yep. something can happen at any time, so you should always be prepared. Um, but, you know, making that decision on your own is very different from, from it being forced on you. Uh, that said, I think that some of the processes are different. Um, and as, you know, the, the two weeks leading up to when I left, I actually wasn't even really thinking about it because I was so busy. Yeah. Um, the last three months 
uh, at Marketplace were some of the busiest of my career. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, that's, that was probably subconsciously purposeful on my part. Sure, so I yeah. didn't have to think about the fact that I was about to leave and didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, but, you know, even the first few days were so exciting, and I was like, I'm free, I can, you know, make my life what I want it to look like. Uh, but Dan, then reality comes charging <laughs> into your head, and it can, it can really kind of hit you what you've done. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's a very scary thing, and you have no guarantees that it's going to work out. We're talking with uh, Tess Vigland, uh, formerly of uh, NPR and uh, the author of the new book, uh, Leap Without a Net. If you'd like to uh, share an experience, maybe you've gone through this as well, or you have a question for Tess, you're more than welcome to join us. And the number to give us a call is 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. So realistically, in terms of what you had done in your career, and you mentioned you know, you'd know, been in radio for a couple of decades, right. this jump and now being off, uh, being an author, it is that true, really, that total shift in career? Uh, it is somewhat, although I think you can make an argument that writing a book is uh, still journalism, okay. especially you know a, a, a nonfiction book like this one. I mean, I yeah. I got to interview people, and then I went through all my notes, and then I wrote the book, and then I had editing. So it, <laughs> it was very similar to what I've been doing for, as you said, uh, two decades but, plus. But a um, lot, but a lot, more, probably a lot more writing and a lot more editing too. Yes, yes, and and I'll tell you the the challenge for me as a journalist was that I'm so u- I was so used to very tight deadlines, sure, daily yeah. deadlines, weekly deadlines, and all of a sudden I had this year-long deadline, and I did not manage it very well. <laughs> if I ever write another book, I'm going to do it completely differently. Um, but, uh, but you know, at the same time, it, I, I did leave my radio career. Yep. I, you know, I've been doing some backup hosting uh, for NPR, but for the most part, the book has been my life. So yep. it, it certainly was a shift into something uh, different on a daily basis. So was it was it cathartic in in some respects making that decision? It was. Um, you know, I, I for me it was. I think it was building up more than I thought it. More than I kind of realized yeah. before I gave notice. Um, you know, I, I talk about how people should really pay attention to three things. Uh, one, if you're feeling you know disrespected at work, yeah. you really need to pay attention to that. Two, your body will often speak to you. And I, my hair stopped growing, oh, believe geez. it or not. Oh, God. Um, and I had other kind of things that were very unusual that were happening to me, and it was, it, it manifests, it was stress manifesting itself. Yeah. Um, and three, I say, if you are asking yourself when it's time to leave, how do you know when it's time to leave, uh, you should already be looking for, for the next thing. Um, so it's, it is, uh, it, it, it was, I guess it was... Um, Oh, the word you used has just escaped me. It was um, cathartic, cathartic, yeah, uh, in a way. But I don't think I even really knew how much that would be the case until, you know, a few months yeah. after I did it. So, what were those first few months like? And and, and we'll get into the stories uh, of the people you talk about in just a second. But sure. what were those first few months like? Because I mean, I, I I had a period of time where I you know I I, I was laid off from a job, and I went you know two and a half years. You know, wow. but between between work gigs in this business, and as you know, working in this business is not the easiest thing in the world because it's a talent business, right. 
And, you know, how good you are with one company doesn't mean anything with how good you could be for another because that that sound just may not resonate with the person on the other end. Exactly. No, it is. It's, it's a real challenge, and certainly not just in our industry, but in so many. Um, the first six months are really difficult. And part of the reason I wanted to write the book is because I feel like there's so many other career books out there that just say, oh, follow your passion, and you'll figure it out, and the money will come, and it'll all be great. And I don't think that's true. It certainly wasn't true in my case, and it wasn't true with a lot of the people that I talked to for the book. You know, it's, it's very difficult for all kinds of reasons. First of all, you know, if you're not, you have to get used to having an, an unsteady paycheck, if that's something that you've had for a while. <laughs> yes. You have to figure out who you are outside of what you do. This was the biggest struggle for me, because yep. I had such a great job, and I had been doing it for so long, that all of a sudden I didn't have it, and I was like, oh, well, why do I matter anymore? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a very personal process that you have to go through. And it's also very much a roller coaster. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, you can... You can pick up a lot of um, contract work. You can pick up temporary work. You can pick up freelance jobs. And when you have those, it feels really great. And you say to yourself, I'm doing this on my own, and I'm my own boss, and I'm working out of my house, and it's super. And then you finish that, and you have maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks, where you don't have a job. Yeah. Um, now, these days, you can do things like blog posting. You can, you yep. know, you, you can keep working. But... Yep. There, there's really, some, there's very much a roller coaster to figuring out how you're going to manage um, that. That not only an emotional roller coaster, but a financial roller coaster and a professional roller coaster. So, yeah. so it's not easy, but it can be done. It's interesting because we've talked uh, on this show a couple of times about kind of the shift of, of people. I mean, I'm 48, and we've talked with yeah. So we're okay. So we're right in the same ballpark uh, about. Uh, people that get to a certain point and they've been in that office setting and they've had career success for such a long time and they just want to have a shift. And, and a lot of people have gone to doing, uh, you know, they, they do charity work. They work, for, you know, for some sort of foundation yeah. and they just want that 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 total shift of operation. And, and it's something that I think we're seeing more and more, but we still have that segment of the community and part of that or, or of the, the, the public that, because the economy has kind of been slow in getting going in terms of the recovery, it's better than when we were five years ago. People are still nervous about doing something like this. Yeah, and that's where the planning comes in. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's something, I, I think there's something, and there have been books written about this, that, that starts to tug at you when you get kind of midlife like we are. Yeah. You know, for some people it happens earlier or later, but I think there's something about your 40s where you start to think, okay, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> um, what more good can I do for my time on this planet, which is getting shorter and shorter? Yeah. And, you know, I, I certainly have had that, that question in my mind of whether, whether maybe I'll go work for the Peace Corps, you know, sure. or something like that. Just we'll have both an adventure and, and do something good for the world. Um, and I think what, keep, what keeps people from doing a lot of that is, yes, a financial and again, that's something that you, you know, you should prepare for. And you should, you can do two things. Number one, you can start to save as much as you can. And I know, I mean, I hosted a personal finance call-in show for six years. I know people say they can't do it. But you really have to take a good, hard look at your finances. Yeah. And second of all, you need to take a look at your lifestyle. 
my lifestyle has changed radically because I don't have this nice fat salary anymore. Yeah. And I, my life is simpler now. I've gotten rid of a lot of things. I, I, have, um, I have adjusted my expectations for what my life can and should look like. Yeah. It's much simpler. And that has made it possible for me to do this, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, um, you know, it, it, it teaches you what you can live without. Um, now, that said, again, a couple of the challenges are, you know, it's, it's not just financial, but a lot of people feel the pressure to constantly be climbing that career ladder, to constantly sure. be, especially for women, leaning in. <laughs> and so when you start thinking about stepping down the ladder, maybe stepping off of it to start on an entirely new one and leaning out, yeah. the pressure just within the American kind of work ethic is really tough to push against, but you can do it. Tess Vigelin joins us. Her book is out right now uh, called Leap Without a Net. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Maybe you have uh, had this uh, kind of moment in your life to make that switch. Maybe you made that leap without a net. Uh, We'd like to hear from you. Or if you have a question for Tess, maybe you're thinking about doing that. Again, 844-942-7866. Denise is in Naples, Florida, and a Penn nursing grad. Hello, Denise. Yes. Hi, good morning. How are you? Thanks for joining us. What was your question? Well, I just left the university. I had to attend a meeting, and I turned on the station, and the topic is uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, So I just wanted to make a comment about two years ago, after working in nursing, very good positions. I've had director level all my career, about 27 years. Never not had a job, and I attribute that to being a Penn grad. I was always fortunate that way. But uh, two years ago, I worked for a hospital in Florida for a CEO who uh, called me in one day, and he said, the 30 people that you just hired, we have to let them go. And I, you know, I've done that before, and I just just couldn't do it. And I told him, I said, um, you know, I'm going to stand my ground. I, I don't feel comfortable doing that Thanksgiving week. And he said to me, well... I don't think you fit in with our vision anymore. And I said, sir, I don't think I ever did. And I left. That day, got in the car, and the first thing I could say to my husband-to-be was, like, the Geico commercial. Remember the pig on the Geico commercial? Yeah. When he screams, I'm free! That's exactly what he said. (laughs) That's a great one. Yeah, I was excited because I was free after 27 years of doing things sometimes that, you know, I... I didn't always agree with, but I was a good soldier raised by the nuns. Yeah. So anyway, I get home, and um, I decided to teach online. And I, I'm 51, and I thought, well, this would be great. I'll sit in my kitchen, relax. Well, that lasted about 30 days. I started looking at my kitchen and saying, geez, there's more to life than this. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started networking because this went on for about three months. And um, I have, you know, two mortgages and um, didn't really plan for this to happen so financially. Uh, you know, it took a little hit. But I, I learned a lot from it. And now what I do, and I, I was lucky, now I have uh, enough work uh, that I can be a little selective. But what I advise people to do, and I can't wait to buy your book because it's definitely um, on my list and I will order that tonight is that I educate nurses to always have a plan B even if you're not thinking of a plan B because I will never get stuck like that again yeah. ever yeah. yeah and what I do is I live simple I like when um, our author made the comment about living simple because if you if you live high your your fall is pretty steep when you fall 
and you know, it's I aspired to be what I wanted to be in life, and now I I have I think you have to be okay with who you are, whatever yep. that is, because if you're okay with who you are and you lose that big title, you'll always survive, and if you yep. don't, well then you know what's life really all about. So I my plan B is I keep two things going at all times, if not three. And I, I try to do them the best I can because I think she's right. You you could be the best at what you do. Yep. You could have the best education. You could be the best employee. And I never had children, so I worked my jobs like my, you know, that was my life. Yeah, yeah. And it can happen to anybody. So you just have to be prepared. Now, in Florida, we're a little bit different than Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I was used to progressive discipline. Down here, it's a right-to-work state. So if they don't like the color of your hair, you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. Tess? Well, I yeah, and, and, and I, I, I really love what Denise is saying about how, you know, well, first of all, it, it is something that you should be preparing for now. And, you know, when I say leaving with no plan B, that's really referring to the idea that you don't know what you want to do next, right? I yep. mean, it's not, that, it's not that I'm saying, oh, everybody just go quit your job and, yep. you know, damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead without re- thinking about what this is going to do to your finances, to your family, to your future. That, that's not it. Um, you do have to think about those things. And it's better to prepare. I actually would like people to do more than, than what I did. I did not prepare as much as I should have mentally, emotionally, financially. That said, giving yourself the room, uh, like Denise did, to take a little bit of time and really think about what your priorities are, what's going to give you joy in your life, that's really important. And if you can set yourself up to do that at least for a little while, I think that makes you more valuable to your next employer because it means that, A, you're really ready to go back, and B, you've thought about it and you've prepared yourself for what that means. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Denise, uh, all the best to you, and, and great to have you listening to the show, and, and keep uh, 111 tuned in, okay? Thank you. Good luck to everyone. Thank Th- you. Thank you very much. And, and, and Tess, these are the types of stories you have for, from various people littered throughout the book, these types of things. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it astonished me, uh, actually, how many people have done this. When I did it, I thought... Oh, I'm crazy. I am the first and only one who has ever just left her job without knowing what she wanted to do next, and I'm doing exactly what I told all my listeners to never, ever, ever do. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, all yeah. the experts say you should never, ever do this. You always have to have something lined up. You always have to be busy. You always have to have a job. Um, and then, I, you know, I, I gave a speech about this, about leaving my job, and I started hearing from people all over the world yeah. who had done this and said, wow, I'm really glad I'm not crazy because they're, you know, you told your story and this is exactly what I did. And yes, it is difficult, but it has, A, taught me a lot about myself and B, it has allowed me, you know, kind of more, more of a freedom from the whole idea of what your work life is supposed to look like. Yeah. I mean, it's been so manufactured and structured for us and the lesson I've learned and the lesson so many of the people I talked to learned is that you don't have to do it the way everybody else does it. Yep. 
We're talking with Tess Vigland, uh, who is uh, the author of the book Leap Without a Net. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. And Dan? Yes? I'm going to jump in and say that uh, I bet you have a galley that says Leap Without a Net. Yes. The title of the book has changed. Oh. It's now simply Leap. Yes, oh. this was a last-minute change, and it's exactly because of what we've been talking about, which is that I don't think it's wise to not have a net at all. My apologies. So, no, 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 no. Not, you, there's no way you could have known. Yep. Um, this was literally a last-minute change to the title, um, okay. and it's because of this. You know, you do you you do need to think about it. Yep. I'm not telling people to just go yep. and do it without thinking about it. Um, so there you go. <laughs> I I apologize. So the the no, title of the book is Leap. But you should have the net there, which is which is which is obvious. It is very important, and but it is something that I, I think we are seeing more people at least considering it. You know this this leap, making yeah. this leap, and it, and it is a good thing. You know, I mean, if you if you're comfortable in a job and you're comfortable and happy, it's one thing. If yep. you're comfortable in a job and you're not happy, it's like you know you you might as well be be beating your head against the wall. Yes, and you know the thing that I've learned uh, again, maybe it's a maybe it's a midlife thing, is that life is too damn short to be working for people who don't appreciate you. Yeah, it's too damn short to be in a job that doesn't bring you again some element of joy every day, or at least every other day. You know, I know it's work, um, and I I actually don't believe in that whole idea that you know if if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, there's no job that's like that. Come on. Yep. Um, that said, you do spend 8, 10, maybe 12 hours a day doing this. Yep. So it shouldn't be something that makes you miserable. You know, it's, that's not what we're here for. We are not here to spend our days wishing that we were somewhere else. But you um, you do say do you do say in the book though that when you were getting ready to have that meeting with your boss to to hand him that resignation letter, you write about how you were saying to yourself, "What am I doing? What am oh, I yeah. doing? What am I doing? Am I crazy?" <laughs> yes, um, and that's because I loved my job. Yeah, I loved what I loved what I did on a daily basis. Yep. The problem was that where I was was no longer a fit for me. And so the dread was real because I knew I was giving something up that meant a lot to me and that, that meant a lot to my family and my listeners. Yeah. And I knew I was going to miss it terribly. And I still do. Sure. I'm three years out, and I, you know, I still miss it. Um, so I kept, I kept kind of fighting with myself. Like, why are you doing this? Don't walk into that office. Don't take your resignation letter in. Yeah. And I pushed through, and I'm really glad I did, because it was the right thing to do. As tough as the three years have been, as tough as that day was, it was the right thing to do. I needed to do it, and, you know, I've, I've figured it out. I haven't figured out everything yet, but I've started to figure things out. Coran is in Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, I should say. Coran, welcome to Knowledge of Wharton. Hey, what's going on? I'm doing great. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I was driving around, and, um, you know... It just, she you know, I, I believe in God, and I turned to the station, and it's talking like, you guys are talking exactly like what I'm doing. I, I had gotten fired from my job. Um, I kind of knew it was coming. I had been trying for years and years to move up with them, moved all over the country, doing everything from the warehouse to sales and 
and trying to get into outside sales. And I was doing that business development, the whole thing. And it hit me about 2012 that, you know, I don't know if this thing, if it's going to be here. So I, I got my articles. I got everything together. I still have relationships with all kinds of clients and stuff. And um, the day came because I knew I wanted my benefits out of like a lot on the table. And I knew if I quit because I got an offer from other, other deals. Mm. And uh, I knew if I quit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have what I needed to carry me. And so it happened, and I, you know, I, I pulled out what was left out of my um, 401k and, um, and my benefits and stuff, and I'm on the dive right now. Like, I'm, I'm going back and forth to customers and stuff, and, you know, I work in valve sales. And when you were telling me, you just, you know, your lifestyle adjusts, and there's a lot of things you need to look at, and I just have to call in and say, hey, you know, you're, 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 everything you're saying is, like, hitting home with me right now. So, so what are you doing um, to try to make sure that it works out for you at this point. And I'm very sorry about your layoff. Oh, man. You know, it's, um, it's kind of something that it, I, was, I was looking for a way out. I was looking because how would I, what, what in, in sales, to build up the clientele that you need, you need the time, right? And you mm-hmm. need to be able to address whatever kind of vendors or whatever issues might go on during the day. So I might get a call for XYZ, and I might have to call three or four people before I find whatever my customer needs and then I have to arrange shipping and do all these things. I said, okay, if I'm working for somebody else, not only am I going to have to prove myself again after, after, because I I left like 54,000 on the, and that's only after three years. I I moved up quickly. And so I'm not going to, starting out again, I mean, I could do a lateral, but I'm still going to have to prove myself. I'm going to be in that office 60 hours a week or whatever. And so how would I be able to do that and do this at the same time. So I was like, you know what? This is a blessing in disguise. If the, the, the iron is hot, let me hit it hard. And what I do now, like say, you know, the, the times will hit you where you actually need something to get done. You find, uh, you're, you know, you go back to what you, you know, what was easy and um, you knew quick that that can make quick money. The labor job, yeah. and um, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's uh, I've done it. You know, that's where I started. I know I can easily. It's not something that um, um, has carries a lot of cognitive load. I don't have to leave there with it <laughs> on my mind. Dan, I love that he's brought this up because you know one of the things that I think people fear is that they are not going to be able to go out on their own and figure it out. Sure. Um, particularly, you know, the whole idea of entrepreneurship yeah. is scary to a lot of us, including me. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize how valuable their skills are. You know, you need to take the time to sit down and say to yourself, okay, what, what am I really good at? What have I gotten really good at in my career um, that I could potentially translate either out of my own or into something else? There are things that you do on a daily basis that if someone asked you, you would just say, oh, I just do that in my sleep at work. Well, that may be true, but it's because you've been doing it for a really long time. And it's probably something that is very valuable out there. For me, it was public speaking. I never thought of that as a skill, but it's something that I did for 20 years, and I'm very comfortable getting up on a stage. I know how to handle a microphone. And so that was something that I started corporate emceeing. And it's not something I ever would have imagined as something I could do because it was just in my DNA. So it's something to sit down and really think about the skills that you have and how you can translate them. So I'm, I'm really glad the caller brought that up. Karan, I hope all the, uh, everything works out for you. Thanks again for giving us a call. 
No problem. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I've got another minute or two. And it's interesting. I, you, you, you've got a variety of people that you talk to in this book, and they relate their own experiences. I mean, this is, you know, everybody from from parents that have had to make, you know, adjustments because of a, of a medical issue that involves somehow in the family. You, you know, there's a, an Episcopal priest in training that you you've you've got comments from in the book. It, right. it, how do you how do you kind of for the people that are listening out there, how do you really put a, 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 a bow tie on this? Because I think sometimes a book like this is fantastic because it's giving the relation. It's it's really telling people exactly what the other stories are that are out there. And like you said before, you're not alone. This is, this is happening to yeah. other people as well. Well, I think one of the things that will either infuriate uh, readers uh, or will make them feel great is that I actually, I do not wrap it up with a bow. Yeah. Um, I wrap it up with uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and uncertainty is something that I have gotten more used to over the last three years, and I'm really glad about that uh, because it, it helps me in all kinds of areas of my life. But I, you know, I still, I have a better idea now of what the kind of the next phase of my life, what I want it to look like. I don't know how I'm going to implement that yet. So there is no pretty bow. And for a lot of the people I talked to, they were still in the throes of figuring out what their next move was going to be. And I guess the message there is that you will figure it out. We are a smart species. We are a species that has been forced to figure things out for millennia. And my biggest advice is not to listen to all the naysayers who say, don't ever do this. It'll never work out. You'll never get hired again. It's not true. And frankly, if you're with a potential employer who looks at your resume and says, what have you been doing for three months, just not doing anything, just figuring out what you want to do with your life, if they question that, you don't want to work for them. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.